Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all, enjoy. What's up? Welcome to another episode. We got a special guest up in here, or two guests tonight. It's just me, guys. <laughs> it's Shane and Sunny. <laughs> We're joined by Brian Prey and Emily Pray now, my brother-in-law and sister. Pray now because pray now. <laughs> You're gonna need it. Private take a pray. Um. Yeah. So we're. You want to explain what's going? What's going down? Nope. All right. This is actually our very first interview with. I don't know if it'll come in this order, but it's our very first interview with someone else. Yeah, we just needed to test the mic out for when, <laughs> I, man- when sure. I manifest I'm, my yeah. big players. So I just I'm, want to make sure this works. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the test dummy for uh, for yeah, small. I like to experiment with people. It's fun. <laughs> so hopefully, this is some good conversation. Um and yeah, and so we're gonna so we're gonna rapid fire questions at you, and you're just gonna. I'm ready. Them. Before we um, start this, what about what about our podcast? Do you think would be better? Let's see. Um, being a being a person who listens to our podcast. Being Do you fully, to oh, I listen to every episode, right. start to finish. Not a second, not it? a second is missed. I've reviewed it. He I reviewed has. it. The, true. Yeah, I reviewed it the second day. All right, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. What I think would be better is maybe have a couple different categories of topics that you speak about throughout mm-hmm. your, you know, next couple months, and kind of lay out those topics and, and give people kind of a, a preview of what those discussions will be like what the horizon looks like i guess for discussions um unless you unless you want to keep it spontaneous um maybe towards the tail end of like a certain episode you could give people like an insight to what you're going to be hitting on next like oh next week listen in we'll be talking yeah like that yeah to kind of build the anticipation a little bit Mm -hmm. i think that might help but that's just me that's just my perspective you like to be teased a little bit? I, I like the tease. Yeah. Oh, We're yeah, honestly... I like, I like oh, it. Okay. Like, I'm a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. It's getting hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> Shane's you know. cheeks are turning. <laughs> I'm dehydrated. It's because I'm looking at you. That's, 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 <laughs> our knees are touching. You're getting nervous. This mic's really small. <laughs> For rubbing knees. Yes. You can't wait to rub knees with your, with your boo. Oh, it's going to be so great. He better be like... On top of me. Sitting on your lap. Like, You're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> I can breathe fine. <sighs> Enjoy the moment, Shane. God, I hope he does not listen to this. <laughs> oh, this is the one I'm listening to. <laughs> uh, Emily, you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> Emily's, Emily's going to be like our uh, our silent mm, Silent observer. Sally over here. The silent giggler the, in the back. the director. You yeah, you'll definitely you're, hear my laughing. I heard it's going to voice from way over there. Probably. She's not really, yeah, she's kind of loud. Well, we were testing it earlier. I think female voices. If you hear weird noises in the background, that's something. He's like gnawing on something. All right, well, tell him to get out. No, he's having fun. <laughs> I want to be a part of it, too. I thought this was a family one. I'm part of the family. Oh, Hannah. Oh, oh Hannah. <laughs> oh, my sunny, God. Sunny, sunny, All right. All right. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Back on track. Okay, yeah. I'm calling. But this is 
this is going to be like an interesting conversation because I feel like a lot of the people we're going to have on the podcast are self-employed or entrepreneurs or yeah, like one or the other. But or some for, type of guru. Or some type of like, yeah, in their specific field. Yeah. Um, but Brian... Is none of those things. He, no, he, <laughs> he works like in a in, in the corporate world. So I think that this is like going to be an interesting like just conversation around like what like pros and cons of the corporate world because you eventually do want to own your own business and like what that looks like Correct. working for someone else um, and different things like that. So I feel like, are you recording yourself right now? No, be quiet. Oh, all right. Well, now I am. I'm going to go on Instagram and take a quick story. <laughs> While so we're on here. <laughs> This is, Flashback to three days this ago. This is stressing me out. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> this is the insignificant other. The insignificant. Oh, the most significant. Oh, the most significant? Nah, he said insignificant. Oh, insignificant. Okay. So, um, let's just, can we start with cues? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cues, do it. Oh, we're going to go straight to questions. Or yeah, unless do you, you guys do you, want. Yeah. No, it's cool. Let's go for it. I think because we've talked about the corporate world thing first, let's talk about that. Yeah, that was like my plan. And then we'll end with more of like What is the, yeah, 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 for sure. So our first question is, what's the importance of working in the corporate world? And do you think there are things that you're learning there that you wouldn't necessarily learn if you just immediately jumped into being self-employed. Yeah, sure. So I, I would think, um, I'm not, it's, I guess for a forewarning, I'm not going to mention the name of the company just yeah, yeah, for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, I would say working in a corporate organization, there's a couple things that I'm taking away from it right now in, in my current, um, I guess position in my career is really the ability to interact with so many different um, cultures and, and observations of, you know, how business should be run. There's a lot of generational, I guess, uh, viewpoints in terms of how to optimally run a business. And I, I don't, I guess I don't personally see that happening if I were to just go and start my own company from scratch, because if you have, if you walk into a company and you have people that you're working with day to day that have either been with the company for X amount of years, or if you have people that are similar to your generation, like year range, um, you interact with people from all walks of life. Um, and I think that gives me a valuable perspective to kind of understand why people behave the way they do. Um, and especially with a, it's a globally based company. So I think from that perspective, I get to touch a lot of different cultures in a shorter period of time um, where I otherwise wouldn't be able to if, if you're, you know, starting a company from scratch. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think it, it's a really good opportunity to leverage that, um, that international uh, dispersion of people and, um, you know, kind of see how things have failed, get an understanding of like cultural norms and try to understand like what I see in my future business in terms of like what I like and dislike and, and you know, the, the behavior of people, how effective individuals are in, in a corporate environment. So that's, that's really kind of what the highlights I would say. There's many other things, but I think that's the biggest um, benefit for me right are, in this moment. Are the international, uh, I can't think right now. Clients? Yeah. Are they face-to-face -face or are they virtual? Virtual. And also actually face-to-face -face in some cases because they will come over, over onshore and we'll have to meet with them in person to, you know, either kick off a project or kind of close out on a, on a project that we're working on together. But 
for the most part, you know, we're living in such a digitally focused world. Um, virtual conversations, virtual meetings are such a, you know, a huge part of the business that we do every day. So like Skype, FaceTime, Skype, FaceTime, um, WebEx, you know, any of those. Do you feel like you said, like, some people work, like, have been there for X amount of time? Do you think it's, like, difficult? You could be, like, the hardest worker in the room. Do you think that it's still difficult to, like, be acknowledged and recognized at how much work you're putting in that, like, you're basically, like, never going to get to that place because they're, like, you haven't been here for 20 years type of thing? Or do you feel like your company um, values, like, the work that you're putting in enough to, like, actually give you a raise above someone who's, like, you know, been in the company for 20 or 30 years? I would say... um just being transparent, obviously, like the the hierarchy, the or, like the corporate organizational hierarchy, like the, the way people are staggered throughout the company is still prevalent. Like there's a stigma of if you only have X number, like five years of experience, then you're not worthy of this position, even though you may be fully capable of, you know, superseding that person that you're working with, someone that might be organizationally higher than you, mm-hmm. you could be fully capable of outperforming them. Um, but I think there's that, that still that sense, that kind of that old way of thinking that, you know, if you have 15 years here, you're worthy when in, 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 you know, in reality, that's not the case anymore. Um, I, I think that people kind of put themselves into a box, um, from an organization standpoint, and then that limits them. And I know we might get into limitations a little bit later, so I'll say that. <laughs> Someone looked at the cheat sheet. <laughs> I, I only read through it once, so I, I didn't look. I didn't think about it too much, but I know it might touch on. Well, that was going to be my next question. If you thought it was fair, but obviously you don't think that's fair. In the sense that people view that time is relevant. I think that. I guess when when, we, when you say fair, do you mean like that? If, my, if, if you're actually more capable of somebody who has who is 15 years your senior. And they get promoted to a position of power, but you're better than them, like genuinely better than them, and mm-hmm. not just like you're a millennial. You think rat. you're better than them? Yeah. <laughs> Is that fair? I guess. Sure. I, I I would say it's not fair, but I'm not going to sit in a corner and cry about it. I'm just going to outshine them that much more and, and put the put the effort in to make make it a point and demonstrate my capabilities. Let me let me rephrase. Okay. Is that the best course of action for the company to make absolutely not you're gonna yeah you have a ton of talented people out there and we are in a completely new world now where the way you think is way more powerful than the number of years you've been somewhere i would say probably your time stuck in the same corporation would probably make you less valuable i would agree to most of the time that's one of the things so, that we love about startups. It's like you could you could start and the next day be in charge of a team. Oh yeah, that's, that was a little dramatic, but sure. <laughs> no. But like your work basically show it doesn't matter how much time you've been there. It depend it shows how hard you're willing to work and like showing it's your the value that you can exactly that you can bring forward. Not the time. So, like, you've been at this company and you've bounced around to like a couple different positions within the company, right? Have you ever? left this company or because this is the company you interned at in right college, college right correct oh interned in college yeah okay. interned in college um i worked there right out of college after i finished my post my, my post undergrad degree um went for my master's in business um so i worked there for about a year year and a half 
and there was a, a kind of a hiring situation that caused me to leave the company, but also I was coming from the mindset of like, let's go to a different industry and move to um, more of a, a commercial service-based industry. And I was there for a very short period of time, um, ended up coming back to the same company that I started in. And uh, that's where I am today. Why? So, uh, you know, I wanted to do something outside of my comfort zone, something that I thought would challenge me and, and cause me to think a little bit differently. Um, because I, I did feel the sense of, you know, working through, with this company through my internships and then a little bit outside of college, I was finding myself uh, becoming a chameleon to the environment that I was surrounded in working with, uh, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that limited my, my innovative thinking and, and my ability to take kind of a leadership role because I, I almost viewed myself as like a number. I, I, they, the, the way I was, the role I was in just kind of made me feel like a number. And you still I was, feel that way? I don't. Okay. I don't. Why? Um, the current role that I'm in actually has exposed me to, to a lot more leadership opportunities and, and they've allowed me to take on more responsibility. Um, they, they've challenged me and pushed my limits in terms of what I'm able to manage. Um, I guess the projects I guess that I'm working on right now really allow me to learn, like fail fast and, and learn and adapt and, and develop my own leadership style, but also exposure to some other very successful people in the business and, and kind of learn from them. So kind of a hybrid of, you know, developing my own leadership qualities and, and, and characteristics, but you know, pulling from some of the best practices that I that I'm surrounded by. Do you love the position you're in right now? Because you've no. had a couple different positions. No, yeah, no, no I don't <laughs> love. I absolutely don't love the Why? position I'm in right now. Um, you know, I think actually, I, I'll retract that statement. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever love a position. I'll love kind of the the general vision of what I'm doing. I don't know if I could ever fall in love with a specific position, but I, I guess my time is is running is getting close to the end in terms of this specific role. I feel like I'm 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 reaching my the end of my potential within this specific role, and I'm I'm ready to take like a, a jump to the next you know opportunity. What would it sense. be like? What would it get you to love a job or a position? Because okay, so he's an you're an engineer. Mm -hmm. So, for all of you who don't know, yeah. when I first met Brian, everyone told me he worked for NASA. <laughs> Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Indire Indirectly. Indirectly. <laughs> it, was, it was a truth. <laughs> However, I thought he was a genius. It, it, was, it, was, it was blown up. And then when I met him. He was a genius. No, he was no. drunk. He was a drunk genius. <laughs> who curls 2.5 pounds. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. like two margaritas. You got, you got the right word. Really touchy feeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Just grind my what, way what, goes, what happens there, Stacey? <laughs> <laughs> um, so to answer your question, I, I truly believe that for me to love a job, it would be something that I could do every day where money would be no, no like object. It, money wouldn't matter. If that makes sense. So like... Does money matter now? Yes, of course. Why? Because it's the only... For, for me, it's, I guess, the primary incentive to keep, like, climbing the corporate, corporate ladder, ladder, if mm. you will. Um, sounds like death. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a little bit restrictive, and, and I don't recommend that. Um, money is, is kind of a dangerous thing, and there's whole nother conversation on that and, and, and how that can affect people in a negative way. Um, you can do a lot of great things with money, but again, to, to answer the question, I, I would say 
you know, what, what would motivate me and, and keep me going is, is doing something that I could take the money aspect out of it and love it every single day. So what would your like dream job be? Cause you want to start your own business one day. I do. Um, so what would that look like? So from, I guess from, a, I have two dreams. So like one of my dreams is starting a business that monetizes my passion for automobiles. Um, that is something that. Did you have a business once for that? I did. So back, I guess I'll, I'll try to summarize this like pretty quickly is back in when I was in high school, one of my first cars, um, there was a, a product I had in mind that didn't exist. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go create this. I, I don't care if, if people have tried other things in the past and have failed. I went in my garage, literally built this product <laughs> and was happy with it. Shared it in the small community of car enthusiasts that I belong to. And it ended up being communicated across different forums. You know, international people were emailing me, asking me to make it for them. And that, you know, over the past couple years, um, or actually over the, the few years that I was in, in high school and then into college, um, it expanded into kind of a, a, sm a small scale business that, that dealt with, you know, g literally garage manufacturing and design. <laughs> and, you know, I, I made them in bulk quantities and sold them through like a third party retailer. Uh, so that was fun. Like that really ignited my like entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. And that really allowed me to get a taste of what it's like to monetize a passion and share that enthusiasm with other people. Like there's nothing better than seeing people get the same enjoyment that you do out of, you know, a, a hobby or your kind of a, something that you do like an activity outside of work. Can I ask why you just didn't hire like a bunch of illegals and scale it? <laughs> illegals? <laughs> or why not just his friends? He was oh, in high I'm school. I'm and they would friends. Been like, <laughs> right, <laughs> illegal friends. <laughs> It's I mean, a proprietary area. information I, I didn't want to share with him. Um, <laughs> I guess because I set limitations on myself. Hmm. Um, I, I, do you want me to finish the other part of the, I guess, my yes. dream or like what I see myself doing? No, after you answer my question. Okay. Answer his question first. We'll loop back. In terms of why I didn't hire people? Yeah. Because I didn't think oh, it was possible. Oh my, okay. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see a business scale, like I didn't see the business as scalable beyond what I had grown it to because it, it was such a niche community. Even if you went globally? I guess it was such a narrow stream of a market that I did not see it going beyond that one like user community. So that's why I didn't even bother. And I will say I probably cut myself short. I probably could have expanded into other car manufacturers, other car models and things like that. But do you I, think if you had taken that kind of like to the next level that it may have turned into a business? Whereas, cause that was a, that was something like you saw it was a need in the market and you filled that need. Do mm -hmm. you think that because like cars are your passion that there could have seen other, exactly like other needs within the market and you could have, yeah, had like more of a, a specialty product, like something like that, you know, yeah. where it's like, in the car community, yes, but it's like these specific products that these cars need to make the car better or whatnot. Yeah, I, I would say um, I hate to say that I cut myself short, but I tr I think if, if I had pursued that and dropped everything else, like because I had an idea of going to college, obviously, I had, I had that like educational path kind of locked into my mind. And I think that caused a conflict when it came to looking at the business I've created and, and where I want to take that. So I'm absolutely positive that it could have expanded to something else um but i don't know if that would have been 
the end vision that I that I pictured in my mind is it, not so much like developing parts. It's more so like larger scale, um, you know, create like building custom cars and, oh, okay, and, okay. and, and you know sourcing unique cars, like rare unique cars that are, are highly sought after. That's that's really like more my my focal my desired focal point. But do you do you think that would have been a great stepping stone? Absolutely, like the content. Yeah, the and, network. The network yeah. is huge for sure, and and I found the that market. Absolutely. Do you think age has something to do with that? Like you felt like, oh, I'm only 18. Like I have to go to college. Like I'm only yeah. 18. Like don't I don't know if I. Because I was going to ask my next question. <laughs> well, no, I was curious because he said he had in mind that he had to go to college. Like who but, set that in your mind? Yeah, was it because someone told to you like you're age, only 18 years old? Well, I was going to say like was someone saying like you're only 18 years old. You're not going to have your own business. Like, like why stop did you it. Think like, you had to go to college. Do you still think you had to go to college? Um. Okay. So I will say that the truthfully, like. So I went, to, I went to undergrad for, for engineering, mechanical right. engineering, because I thought it was going to be like, you know, working on car parts and like designing car parts. And I soon realized that wasn't the case. And then, you know, after that, I switched to business. So I, you know, I went for a master's in business administration. That was great. But okay, so to answer the question directly, I think the one, val- the one key component I got out of college in general was the ability to work with people coming from different uh, perspectives, like being able to see others' views and, and kind of work effectively with people. Um, I'm not sure I would have. I'm not sure I would have gotten that if if I hadn't gone to college. But I'm not saying it's impossible. You don't feel like you would have gotten that just from working with other people, like through man. Because technically, if you think about it, if you had like just run with that with that job, right, and yeah. then like whatever, it could have turned into anything. You would have had to hire on more people. You would have been in a management position where like you are solely the person who has to also dealing with vendors and people always forget about the customer base. Like you, you being like the only one in charge. For a very long period of time, you will have all the interaction with every customer. Mm-hmm. So that's like age difference, going to view things differently. Which... I, I think that if I hadn't gone to college, I would have at this point most likely been closer to my end goal of running my own business, truthfully. However, I kind of put myself in a box in the sense that you know, college was always regarded at like within like as my family, it was it was always something like you got to go to college because it will get you the X job and, Mm -hmm. you know, fulfill this type of life. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I think there's a lot of people that kind of live that way. And it's, it's limiting, for sure. It's the environment you're surrounded in. Um, Why do you think like we set limitations on ourselves? I think so. It's kind of it's two things, but I think they're both interdependent on each other. So energy, um, I think human energy is so powerful and the people you surround yourself with. So the environment really who you surround yourself with is is really the limitation of how you're going to perform. It's, it's kind of the, it represents the potential that you have. So if you're surrounding with people, if you're surrounding yourself with people that kind of hold themselves back, I mean, think about it. You're going to hold You're going to hold yourself back. You're going to hold yourself back. So um, I think people, it, it's mental. It's, it's an energy thing. It's mental. It's your environment. So that's, that's three things. But um, I, I truly believe that, I just, I just think that people like observe what others are doing and kind of cut themselves short right off, right out of the gate. Like they say, uh, you know, this person has only made it thus far and 
I'm only here in my life. So they like try to make these like pre-calculated um, decisions and use, they kind of like use other people's life paths, if you will, to dictate their own potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's a huge part of it. So what do you think about the people who are born into like a super <laughs> shitty family and then at a young age or even a medium age somehow blossom out of that and without changing their environment? Or do you think that that's not possible? It is changing possible. Your environment? People do it. It takes a trigger. Do though. people I, do I, it? I think it takes something to trigger mm-hmm. that that drive. It, it, it takes an outside stimulus to yeah, like to someone, something, some event in their life, some energy, some outside energy, with whether it's within their social circle or uh, the the people they interact with uh, from a business standpoint, or you know the the job they might have. I, I truly believe it takes some sort of like trigger to kind of push them and say, "Wow, like I am capable and I can I can push myself." further hmm. how can people create that trigger how can they create that trigger? yeah like how could if you were like i'm miserable my relationship's miserable like my I, have job no, I have no momentum <laughs> like how can they create like an astronomical trigger where they can basically shift right after that like can they attract the energy to change that i would say and I'm not sure if this is going around the question, but I would say pe- people in that situation need, need like, they would benefit most from seeking out, like, a mentor. Mm. Like, I, for one, am not not someone to follow people. Like, I don't, I don't really look up to people, but I, I see good qualities in other successful individuals, and then... I kind of pull from that. So I think when, when we talk about a trigger and kind of some some event that will spark that motivation, I think that really comes from, like we said, energy, or the energy and going, kind of seeking that out. If you really want it, you're going to go seek out whatever you need to do to talk with those people and, and, and figure out the best, op- like the optimal route. But if you're if you're talking like organically create like by yourself if you were if you were just like your own in your own circle and didn't associate with anyone else, um, you know that that's a tough question. I I don't know if I've ever thought about it that way. I think to create that that mental trigger, you you need to be able to see outside of your own environment. You have to be able to to kind of pierce through that blurry gate that you have around you and and just know that there's more out there. Yeah, like how would you how would you answer that question? I don't know. So I was asking. Well like because when I, that's when like I an my interesting life, it was like at the worst part of my life. But you did technically change your environment. Your environment did change. You went to no, prison. I'm at- Right, right, right. But that was a worse so, environment. I know, but like it did change. No, That's yeah, what I'm saying. That like, was like an technically, you event. can't. Yeah, which right. was yeah, which was also like a yeah. huge event that shifted technically everything yeah. in your life. It wasn't immediate. I don't it think that someone who is like. But I wasn't referring to me. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm. I was wondering how you would answer that I, question too, I because say, I think that the only way that someone could technically do that is they themselves. Which is this is like the hardest part is that they themselves 
have to recognize that they are in that place, that they are in that. I think people know. I think some people know. I think people know, but I don't think people have the the view that they can do more. They're like, well, this is what my dad always did or whatever. Like, I'm told that I had to go to school or I'm told I have to stay in this job because I make X amount of money or at least I I make good money in this job. I people who are like really like, they like want a shift but don't have like, but don't create, like just refuse to create it. I think the only way to do it is like muster up enough fortitude and somehow risk absolutely everything. So you have to do it like a make or break moment. And it's it's a good that's a good point, but I I think I would question like what does it take to I guess like you said muster up the fortitude to do that like you need an outside I stimulus think, you need to I just, I just think it, you just like absolutely have enough of everything like you're it just like it's either like, how do you like how do you know like you're at your limit though I I feel like that yeah, I feel like people would know I would say like suicidal thoughts would probably be a really good fucking trigger. <laughs> I'm either gonna kill myself like, or if you're I'm at that gonna point go. Where, like, yeah. Life's just so bad, and like I'm like I can't live anymore because I don't I like hate my life. That would be a good point. You don't have well, to hopefully it doesn't get to that, get to that point. Saying, like, I think that's how far it would have to take for someone to at, do it themselves. Yeah, without having an outside like right. trigger, you're saying yes, without like some external huge event. Do you think that, like, some people don't believe in their own potential because people aren't telling them that they could do it? No. Like, do you think think that... I think it's helpful when people recognize it in you, but most people who have insecurities and doubts don't believe it when people say it anyway. Well, you know, like, there's, like, a story about... There was, like, a home... Like, this is my favorite story, because this is one person... This is just one person who... reminded him of who he once was, though. Because he was someone who was somebody and then had nothing, and Okay, so the story, have you ever heard the story about, like, the, so, there's, like, a story about, there was a man in, like, the subway station, he was selling pencils, or, like, something, he was selling Mm -hmm. something, was it pencils? pencils Yeah, he was selling pencils for one dollar in the subway station, you know, people are assholes, they just walk by, yeah, they just walk by and say, like, screw you, it was in New York, whatever, all day basically gets their shit on. One day, this guy just comes by, he's, like, rushing, rushing, but he comes by, he gives the man a dollar, he takes the pencil, and he says... You're a businessman just like I am. That's not happened, but well, really close. Well, he like he like was asking he asked the guy who was selling. He's like, "Oh, here's your pencil," and then like, "No, he he like asked the guy who was selling, gave the guy a dollar, and then stepped onto the train, and then like came back off the train and was like, "Oh wait, I forgot my pencil because you're a business just like a businessman yeah. just like I am." And like, because it's an being it's like it's an not exchange. just a handout. Like, it's right. an, yeah, it's, it's an exchange it's of an exchange. goods and for money. That yeah. created his new identity that he is a businessman in his mind, and then became like a car salesman. Became, became like, like an the actual leading car yeah. salesman, and we had like a six-figure job like two or three years later. Yeah, and like literally attributes that like his success some, to well, one man acknowledging him that he is worthy. Yeah, I do think it. That's do, what I'm I do saying. think it's massively beneficial, but you don't need it. No, you don't need it. But I'm, I was saying, like, do you think that that could be something that like shifts? I think the reverse is much worse. In what sense? When, when people who are moderately important to you limit you. Oh yeah, they kind of cut you short. Like right. they, they say, eh, this mo- might not. This is too risky. Right. And yeah, most of yeah. that time, that's family, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you are wondering who that was, Ow. that's Emily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there? Are, do you feel like there is anything in your life where? Let's. I'll just ask directly. Do you feel like there is a very specific person in your life who has done that for X amount of time, and that's why I never started your business? Or people? No, that's a person. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about a singular person or a or a collection of people? I think it's one massive person, but it's it's 
Maybe it's even a collection. Say it and I'll beep it out. I would. <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> you know honestly, what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I truly. It, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I, I think um, family, like immediate family, has a lot to do with it. I think they they see they kind of have their their um, what they see as the ideal path for you. And I'll admit, like, I was young, I was naive, and, and kind of lived that, like, sheltered, isolated, not isolated life, but, like, sheltered life where I'm like, you know, my parents are right about everything, like, let's, <laughs> let's just follow what they think is right for me, and yeah, I think that is is unfortunately a, a pitfall of a lot of, you know, the, the younger generations kind of coming up through school and going off to college, things like that, um, so for sure, I, I think... I wouldn't say it's one specific person, but I think family and kind of like how they talk to you about, um, you know, like what your potential is. Like they, they still support you and how successful you can be, but that path is almost like ingrained into your brain. Do you think they support you, you? Oh no, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that there would have been like lashback or conflict if you had said like, I'm choosing not to go to college or with like things or like with really anything in life, has there ever been something where like your family is telling you like this is the right way and then maybe like especially now, you know, now you're much older and you have now you're like enlightened. you have yeah, you have like created your own identity and you've created like your own idea of like what's right in life and what's wrong in life. Are there things like in life that you now realize like maybe that you do differently or like specifically I'm talking about one thing that I do know that you have changed, like your diet. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think was there like He's almost vegan, guys. Yeah, he's almost so vegan. Close. What do you mean, just eggs? So close. Again, what, yeah, yeah. Just well, eggs. Three years ago, he was downing milk. This is great progress. Chocolate pudding. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> oh. A bunch of meat. Yeah, no, I think... Um, that's just one that I know about. I don't know if there's other ones, but that's one that I do know about because, like, obviously, your family still eats meat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Know? Like, I think... Um, I guess, do you, want, do you want me to talk about how, like, my... I want, you, I want the blow. I want you to talk about the blow. The blowback. Yeah. Has there been the like conflict or have, like, have they gone to going angry vegan? or, or well, that's vegan. my one. That's one specific. You can yeah. talk about that specifically if that's been something that's Family been conflict. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, once, once I moved, once I moved in with Emily, now my wife, we, we moved into our house, um, you know, about a year and a half ago. And I think that was a huge part of it is just change again, changing your environment and kind of, Thinking, using you call it unchaining your environment. Unchaining your environment. Yes, I like it. So I think thinking on your own, like just being a little bit more independent and um, kind of dictating your own schedule, your own meals. Um, obviously, Emily was a little bit more. She was a little ahead of me in, in terms of the the plant based diet, heading that direction. And honestly, education plays into it. Obviously, being aware of uh, the the implications of eating meat. That was one part of it because I'm very interested in kind of the, the data-backed research and mm-hmm. things like that. But it was more so um, it, once I moved into a kind of a more plant-based diet as I am right now, uh, I think my family reacted like, you know, you moved away and like you're, you're such a changed person because like you're not eating the things you were when, when you were living at our house. Like, like what's happening? Are you okay? <laughs> and it's like, no, like I'm fine. I'm just exposing myself to more healthy lifestyle choices and you should you know i i don't push it but i i recommend <laughs> them trying the same thing because i've noticed the health benefits and how do they like react to that 
they they kind of like passively say like, oh yeah, like yeah. We can, we can bleep this out. What we, do they call you? Something whipped? Some kind of whipped? Do they? No. <laughs> yes, they no. do. No. Big facts. I, that is actually. Big facts. They call you. <laughs> maybe maybe whipped by you. No. Oh, maybe maybe internally. Maybe I bet mentally they, they think that. I bet mentally they think. Yeah, once you got married. Oh, do they think? Do they you think, think that they, they think, think Emily, Emily has influenced Absolutely. you because she ate for that sure. way before Absolutely. you ate that? Mm-hmm. I would say so for sure. And so they're like, "You're changing because your wife." I, yeah, you I type personally of thing. think that was more of like they had that influence over you, and then it, they think it transferred to somebody else, and they became angry. It's a little like bit that. of like instead of them realizing you like now a, have a like ownership of, of your like they're yeah like because they think like they owned you. They right. think like that it transferred to Emily instead of them realizing you own yourself. No, you're your own man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of jealousy, a little bit yeah. of resentment mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I lived at home for for so long, like, you know, into my mid-20s. And I, I think they are, uh, you know, a little bit resistant to let go and cut the cord. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's funny. I think it's unfortunate that there's a negative connotation with, people changing like in a healthy direction mm-hmm. like out of all things like this should why, be one that is why do you think that because people don't like change people don't well, like why do you think that they why do you think like people don't like it when you are better yourself better almost yeah because they set limitations on what they're capable of doing they don't they don't want to put the work in they they see it as too much of a change from their comfortable and content lifestyle that they don't want to make that shift they don't want to um, kind of branch out and, and try something new. Do you think subconsciously or deep down they know it's better? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. So do you think that like people would think that like you think you're you think you're better than us now because like you've made this positive change but they're not willing to admit that it's a positive change. All they see it is as change but do you think that like ultimately deep downside maybe they or maybe not deep downside but like surface level they're like oh Brian thinks he's better than yeah, us now because he's done these things. Like, totally. Blah, blah, blah. I totally think it and it's it's unfortunate, but people, I think people are just lazy. They don't want to mm-hmm. like pull the trigger and like just do it. And, and the, the, the funny thing is these things, these changes in life, in your lifestyle, like aren't that difficult. It's not that difficult. It's like literally free. Like just make, <laughs> when you go to the, when you go to the grocery store, literally make a different choice. I mean, I mean, last time I checked, meat's like ten dollars a pound. So. Yeah, and so, broccoli like a dollar a pound. Seriously, yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's on. I don't know. I think that that's that could be the answer though to why people don't want to change for anything. Like, is pure laziness, laziness. of like not wanting to take the extra step at first because it's not always going to be an extra step. Eventually, it's just going to become part of like your pattern, part of the like routine. your yeah your routine. Yep. But at first, it's taking an extra step. It's being uncomfortable yep. for a minute, like for with whatever you're choosing to change. And, and I, I think I, like laziness is what keeps people back. They're like, well, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I'm comfortable here. Like, And you know why? It's because, well, from my perspective, people are so addicted to instant gratification now. Mm. Like people want that that instant change and that they don't want to put the work in. They don't want to run that, Do you think that just, storyboard. They just don't believe that there will be a return. I think that's the biggest thing why people quit working out. Is because it's like they're not they, seeing progress. They, they see people like you and I who are like above averagely fit and like we we're like what we do and they try to mimic what we do. Emily and Holly over here are making fun of us. <laughs> they're flexing on me, but they got no muscles to flex, so <laughs> beat you. Look at this muscle. <laughs> anyway, and then they, they mimic what we do and they do it for like 
three to six weeks, and they, and they get almost zero results, <laughs> and then they just get angry at us, and then they quit. Yeah, we were talking about this before. It's funny. I'm on the show all the time. Oh, yeah? That's fine. I mean, it's it's so <laughs> relevant too. And I think, again, instant gratification. People don't see the years of compounded consistency and having a goal. Like setting goals is so critical. If you don't know what you want to achieve, like there's going to be no reason to stick to a plan. Like there's mm. no, not going to be a reason to put the work in. Great pivotal point. What's your goal? What like? What are you waiting for to start your own business? What am I waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Um, Why are you doing it right now? Truthfully, um, I haven't put together like the actual business model I want to create. You think we did? No, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like there was a moment where you saw potential in your product, and I haven't, I haven't reached that point yet. I don't think there's ever going to be a point where. So wait, I'm, sorry, I want to backtrack real quick before you go on that. You said you have two dream jobs. Yeah. One is working with cars. Right. Custom cars. What is the other one you do? You're building, you your first custom car better be sold to me. You got it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that's, and it that's a given. Illegal. It's got to be street legal. That's a given. Oh, if I can't oh, drive it, we can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fully full interior. Perfect. Baby safe. Baby safe. Opal safe. Opal safe. Um, so you want the other, the other dream I yeah. have? Um, okay. So the other dream I have is actually starting a nonprofit, um, to help like inner city kids, uh, kind of develop a vision, like a life vision and, and, and specifically working with kids in like middle school to high school age ranges. We're going to partner together. So I like that. I like, I like where this is going. So I really, f- and, and just to explain a little bit about why that is, is because I get so much enjoyment out of like coaching people and, and teaching people and seeing seeing a passion develop um, like kind of organically and just to dive in a little bit more to that. So when I finished my master's, um, I went and moved down to Florida for a couple months and I coached water skiing. Um, it's one of the, the hobbies that I really enjoy and I coached water skiing, didn't get paid, but I coached kids from like 13 up to 20 years old, like from all around the world, Japan, Germany, Russia, uh, worked with a ton of different people and literally money wasn't, money wasn't an object in that situation. And that was the most fun I've ever had. That was the most, uh, I guess, satisfaction I've ever gotten out of something, some value I was providing another person or group of people. So that's what triggered like, I guess, my passion to help people. And I think long, longer term, um, could be shorter term, is to, to start a nonprofit that works with the inner city kids, kind of the underprivileged families and, and the, I guess, kids that are in schools and setting up a program that either gets them into kind of a fitness environment. Because I've, you know, for, for both Shane and I, we've seen the benefits that fitness and, and you know, training has brought to other aspects of our lives. I think it unlocks so many areas of potential in your life that, you know, builds that discipline. Um, I could go on and on. Like, for, this could be a whole nother podcast. You sound like a nonprofit I described to Hall five years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's so funny because yours is like the it's same thing with like identical. using fitness as like a way to it's show the them like the discipline, the motivation, putting in hard work. It breaks through the, the momentum like, of constantly like progressing. Consistency. And showing like the yeah. mental, yeah, like the right. mental, being able to right. have like those mental breakthroughs. It's almost like a meditation when but you work out. Not that like, like, 
like Brian and I just worked out this morning, but and like you and I used to work out when we first started our relationship. Mm-hmm. When you work out with somebody, I don't know what it is, but it creates like such a, a concrete bond. relationship, mm-hmm. like constantly having to trust somebody, but also that person's like always typically hyping you up, mm-hmm. and even if you fail, they like force you to get it. And that bond, is they're like still excited even if you like, like fail. Yeah, like, I can't really describe it very Plus well. Plus the accountability too. Yeah. Accountability is everything. That's like, really what show up every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's what drives people. And, you know, the other part of the whole fit, the, the, the nonprofit is really there's fitness and then also a mentoring aspect of that. So, like, talking about where do you want to go, like, what drives you outside of, like, the gym, mm-hmm. um, kind of what, what you want to accomplish. Like, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? Those yeah. Things? Right. I just kind of. Me- <laughs> and if that's it, all right, you're going, we're going to, like, put like, right, Yeah, go. exactly. <laughs> and just, like, allowing them to unlock their own potential because I, I had the privilege of of um, doing some mock interviews with some kids in Connecticut this past summer where they were preparing for like internships. These are from like inner city Hartford kids. And you could just tell they were coming from families that like talked down to them and they didn't have a lot of confidence in themselves. And it was just so rewarding to talk with them and and kind of figure out what, you know, what really drove them um, to go to college or or get a job. What was the most common answer? The most, the most common answer was that their parents were kind of first-generation Americans and that they were refugees and they wanted to, to eventually provide for their families. So, like, it was, like, this, the aspect of supporting their, their future families. That's funny because I thought it was going to be the opposite. Of what? Which is, that's interesting. Um, you thought it was going to be that they want to break the cycle of their family? Yeah. I'm like, I'm so sick of how we live and I'm so fed up and I want to, like, create a life That's myself. different if you're coming from multiple generations of, like, Poverty. an urban... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like was, a poverty-driven like, family I'm, versus like it's just someone funny, who. I think it's like two very. Usually it is. It's one or the other. It's like that extreme like love that causes you to tra- change, or that extreme hate that causes you to change. Yeah, it's very. I was just. Do you think you could you do you think both of those businesses could become like almost not one but like your car business could be seed money for your nonprofit or like your car money or your car business could eventually like fund or be part of like okay twenty percent of my car business is going to go towards my nonprofit every year. So like yeah. they kind of generate each, like I think it'd be a great tax write off. I think they can go hand in hand. Obviously that, that is honestly something I thought about is how do I pull? Cause there's a lot of people, a lot of, I guess kids out there that love cars, like have mm-hmm. this like passion for cars yeah, and definitely. to like tie them together and, you know, even build that into the mentoring program where they get to be exposed to these like yes. these rare, unique cars, and say, you know, this is like not to talk, not to. I, I hate to reinforce the whole ma- cars aren't, I guess, a materialistic thing to me. They're an experience. They're like an emotion. Like mm-hmm. that's how how much of an attachment I have to like automobiles. Like they just drive this inner passion I have, and I think you know, working the the car business into the the mentoring program, the non the nonprofit would be very doable. Uh, I, I definitely see them playing into each other. Like, there could be crossover where, like, they come to the car shop and you're like, okay, now, yeah. like, this is also something we're going to, like, start this project or whatever. Yeah, like, teach this them car basic like, mechanics. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Giving them, like, hands-on skills that they can, like... Like an opportunity use. that they otherwise wouldn't be able to access. Yeah. Um, so just opening up, like, new horizons that they never even considered. Hmm. All right, back to I my like question. It. What's your question? business. Like what like what's it gonna take for you to get it to start? Why haven't you started it now? 
What the hell are you waiting for? Which business? <laughs> so, <laughs> not the nonprofit, because I think, I personally think you are going to take, you're going to fund it from your business at first. Mm-hmm. And then through maybe some like uh, analytics, you can get other people to fund you. So, so the, the real business. So the, the car business. So the question, what's, what's it going to take? I think I or need what's, to. Why, are, why not right yeah, now? Yeah, like literally, why, why not right now? Because what are you waiting for? Because right yeah, now, like I have, an, I, I have a general sense of where I want to go with it, but I don't have, um, I need to get a little bit more narrow into like what specific, how am I going to monetize it? Like what, what aspect of it? Like what, I know I want to work. What are you doing right now? What do you mean towards it? Towards, towards it? it? Towards it, yeah. Are you working right Developing now? Developing relationships. Like learning how to develop relationships with different types of people. In the car world? In the corporate world. Just no, in that doesn't count. That doesn't like count. So right now... Because like, you want to work with cars. Are you yeah. doing anything specifically to work towards your goal of working with cars? Yeah. Are you developing relationships with people like in the car industry? Or Absolutely. Like- yeah. So I, I have a good... Um, actually a good friend in, in the car industry right now. Um, ACG? It's uh, ATA. 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 That's close. ATA it's pretty good. Yeah. I've seen it like four times. Yeah. I, you know, tag. So it, it's good to build those those networks now and, and start to learn the business. Like kind of – And what does he do? He is – so he's the general manager of a dealership okay. locally. And but also – luxury cars? What's that? They do luxury cars? No. Oh, he just has fancy cars? So owns owns another independent car shop. Okay. That has a sales component to it. So he owns that one. Correct. So he's a manager of one. Yes. And side hustles his own. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds like someone who's working towards their dream. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zinger. Yeah. No. So Zinger. I guess I guess my challenge right now is trying is understanding how to s- shout out ATA what? <laughs> ATA performance underscore performance underscore performance ATA underscore performance. Yeah. Yeah, he, has I guess, a, he has a really nice GTR that I like. Guys. That's why you're trying <laughs> to shout him out. It'll be for sale. It'll be for sale. Send it to my house. <laughs> Wait two years, I might buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's my, got a Frenchie. He got a Frenchie too. They yeah. have a Frenchie. Drive down here, be sunny. <laughs> Let me drive your car. It's okay. He will. He will. It's uh, okay. I'll <laughs> drive it. I won't. work out. You probably aren't buff though. Most car people aren't really that buff. It's it's a hard balance to strike, but anyways, so yeah, I think the challenge really is at this point for me, you know, not setting limitations. Uh, I think I need to practice what I'm preaching right now and and not set my. What's the best way to eliminate a limitation? Eliminate a limitation. Yes, what's the best way? The best way. What's the best way to overcome fear? Is to expose yourself to that quote unquote fear that you have. Mm. So what's the best way to eliminate a limitation? To just jump into it. Action. Just action. Yeah. Action. Yeah, you're right. What step could you take right now to start working towards that? When you go up and don't sleep tonight, what are you going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Besides the obvious. Dreaming. dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah. Brian's face right now. I think just learning more about the, the car industry itself and, and what it entails. Like, just learning the mechanics of sales and customers and trying to understand like what my role would be in that space. Um, Everything in the beginning. Of course. Of course. I so think- what's your actual, are you going to start off building full-blown cars no. or are you going to, okay, so what's, what's the first part? The first part would be literally just selling cars, like sourcing rare kind of 
unique cars mm. and selling them independently? To independently. Okay, so your real first step is funds. Funds, yes, capital. And then being able to properly flip them. And a facility, correct. Mm. So is that why you stay in the corporate world? Do does the corporate yeah, world? That's, that's, that was my question. It's like, is there like a specific amount that you're trying to reserve, or have you not even thought that far? Um, I, I've I've thought about it a little bit and how much like starting capital I would potentially need to Hit like with a number. I'm curious if you know if I'm. By the way, he's a sandbagger, so it's actually sixty percent of whatever number he's about to say. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say at least. 50 to 100 grand to get, to get, yeah. So how many, how many unique, yeah, because like unique cars is like. I'm thinking luxury or. Like Well, you start small. You start with one or two cars and you grow from there. Again, the customer. Well, one car, like, isn't a Rolls Royce like a. Well, I'm not talking, I'm not talking. Eventually. I'm not talking up there, but yeah, eventually, eventually. So what's the first car you want to buy and flip? Mm. Don't you know how to manifest? Mm. Why is this car not on your board right now? (laughs) Cobra. A Cobra? What yeah, year? 427, 67. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How much? Cost of the car? Yeah. How much does that car usually cost? Right Anywhere. Um, I was thinking 80. They're usually kit cars. They're not like not the original Cobra because those okay. are like Super a, a million plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but the shoot. kit cars is a huge market for them. Um, those are usually like 50 to 60 grand. Okay. Plus how much money you're going to dump into it? Nothing. Zero? Nothing. You're not going to put anything into TLC. it? TLC. Hmm. Labor. <laughs> Really? Wait, really? Yeah. So you're not Nothing. gonna you're... not a single restoration? No, literally just sourcing a car and, and profiting on it, flipping it to the right buyer. So that's that's how the car industry works. Is you you know auction, you go barn finds, you private party sales. Are you going to basically take pre-orders? No. Do you want to put out and be like someone approaches you, like, hey, I'm looking for this car. If you find it, let me know. That, that is, type of is what I meant. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is what I envision. Like, customer comes to me and says, "This is the this is the um, kind of the classic car I'm looking for. These are the specs I'm looking for, requirements." And then I go out and, and just chase it, like go mm-hmm. find it, and like that's the adventure. Like I want. Well, if you manifest it, it'll just come to you. <laughs> Explain to me what's your give give me an example of, of manifestation in that context. Uh, what I meant in that way is that, like, if you're so focused on that very specific car, the moment you go to seek it, it will be found. Yeah. The energy. Because it was what you are talking about energy. earlier. The energy. The energy. So I'm talking, like, it should be the background of your phone. It should be on your little vision board. You should look at it every night after you look it's at your face. It's on my computer desktop. <laughs> Perfect. I, look, I see it every day. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And when you see that, and then you constantly bleed, like, you're going to be the first car I sell. And then once you decide that you're ready to sell a car, it's going to appear. Problem is, I'm going to have a hard time selling, so that is like my dream car. But I know, I know, I know there's a market for it. There's a market for it. Maybe, so. you, maybe you can make a goal of like how many you can find and flip. And maybe you can go back and buy that very first one that sold. Ooh. To make sure it's a fucking I like good that. one. I like that. Blue and white. Like Blue and oh, yeah. white. You're killing me. Ah. Okay, we're getting we're getting. That's why I want to touch into like the business and the slight manifestation. Um, yeah, cause we're like an hour and ten minutes in right now. No, we're fifty five. God, it feels so much longer. What? Um, so back to my question. Yes. What do you? What can you do right now? 
What can you do more of if you're doing it already? Because, like, it really just sounds like you need capital, which I know how much money it makes. You're not that far off. <laughs> Plus, just sell your damn house and move to the south. Cars are way cheaper down here, by the hey. way. They're hey. way cheaper. Yes. And you can find them hey. at Outrust. <laughs> that, that is a multiple valid points you got there. Shane. Sir Shane. Yeah, I mean... What I can do now really to get to take steps, multiple steps towards that goal is, is really getting my feet into that sector. What do you think about social media wise? Social media wise. Like let's say right now you could probably go to a bunch of car shows. Yeah. You could like hang out with ATA yeah. and like meet the people he knows. But like <laughs> oh, okay. maybe countrywide, like you need to target way bigger audience. So it's funny you say that. So actually, when I was in Texas a couple of weeks ago for work, and I attempted to visit a similar concept to what I want to build, uh, another car, uh, I guess, third-party retailer down there. And turns out their website didn't reflect the, prop, the, the right hours they were actually open. So I got there. <laughs> I literally got there in my rental car. I'm like, I was so pumped driving there. I was going to go ask them a bunch of questions, kind of benchmark a little bit. Did you ever drop to them first? No. I, I wanted to just show up cold and, and just kind of, you Did know. you find it while you were down there or you knew about this place? Um, when I was down there, I got, kind of just did an open search and I was like, oh, oh like, okay, while, yeah, I'm, yeah. while I'm here, because Texas is a huge community of, of like car enthusiasts and, and it's it's a big area for, for, rednecks. for that industry. <laughs> it's rednecks, yeah. Um, also, they can, drive the, they can drive their yeah, cars drive here, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, the, the environment is yeah, stable. Sure. <laughs> their car doesn't melt on the road. Sorry, everyone lives in Texas. I love you. I it just gets hot. I, I think, to, to your point, like manifestation in the sense that literally just start connecting with these people that, that are doing similar things and pull from their learning experiences and kind of lean to their network and their connections. Like, just build those networks. Just be fully transparent about what your goals are and work with them to, to see how you can organically build. You're talking about attaching yourself to other similar concepts? Yes. Mm. Like, bench what from you, a benchmarking standpoint. What do you think about just creating relationships with their customers? Like, stealing their customers? <laughs> no, creating relationships with them because you don't have anything to sell right now. With whose customers? Their customers. Which is everyone who loves muscle or import luxury unique cars. I see that. I mean, the only outlet or, or opportunity that I see right now is like attending car shows, but I'm not sure. Why are you leaving it to a physical presence? He's trying to basically lead you to say, how could you be more present on social media to have more of a presence in that community? So that eventually at one point when you want to open, when you have the capital to open mm. to do your first car flip people already know you they're like oh we know brian we trust brian he's cool we've been when you for years yeah, when you put it out there like i have a cobra whatever yeah, blah yeah. blah blah they're like yeah, we're when not you first buy it and you're like Ooh, look what just right in my house you should have 10 people dming you when's this going to be for sale i i will say like the the, the connections like the network i have already kind of knows me at, as the car guy like people come to me with questions in their car like they've Something's going wrong. Or, in person? No, through social media. Oh, good. Yeah, like, you know, virtual email, social media. Like, that. that's happened to me more than... Email. Email. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, old just because work. What is, is that what you no, mean? Because, it, like, work email or, work? like, actual... No, no, like, personal email and, and just from school. And, like, the, the, oh, the okay, people okay. I've met over the years, like, college. Would these be people who would drop money on cars, though? 
Like, are these car enthusiasts or is this someone like my oil's leaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more to like what you, the latter, the latter end of what you just like, said. Hey, yeah, uh, exactly. Brian, you know cars, Brian. I know you know cars. So yeah, I, I think it's it's just really starting to talk with the people. Like again, to your point, like my target customers and somehow building a connection with them. And eventually, they're going to be your community. They're not right. like just your community. Like people who buy our stuff. They're our community. Like, we – like, the people who buy routinely, like, we're legit friends with. Like, we talk to them on yeah. a weekly basis every other – like, they DM me. They'll, they'll tell me about their day. Like, dumb shit I don't care about. But – just kidding, guys. Because I care about you. Holly's rolling her eyes at me. I say that, but I actually genuinely enjoy interacting with everyone. Okay, guys. No, we're getting – it's getting long, so we need anyway, to wrap it up. My point of that was like I think you think very old school and you're like car conventions. Show up as much as I can, but you're limited by time and geographic location. And you should just like start friending like middle to top people that are in like the car realm that you kind of want to be like. Friend them, interact with them, see who interacts with them. Interact with those people who interact with them and create a friendship as two car enthusiasts who love cars. And they, they don't Event, even know yeah. about your passion yet. Mm-hmm. And then over time as you start putting Becoming that more onto and more social friends. media and like being like, hey, I think I'm going to start doing this. They already know you. You are our friends. You were never a salesman who approached them. And you kind of get like this backdoor into their mind. I like that. So the, the, the key takeaway there is, is really just leveraging social media and kind of the intertwining networks. Right. Of those desired end state, similar and having models. that genuine, like it's, that genuine, yeah, yeah, like, like, like yeah, you sharing that will be genuine, right? Because because you have something you, you both exactly, yeah. 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 It's not going to be right. it's not going to be off. looking for a market or customers, right? You have your friends, yep. And that's the point, like having someone who will be able to drop that money, not someone like hey, no oil. It'll be cool. exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when you, you do know? have a convention and you get to meet them, it's like it's like magical. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, wow, we've been interacting for like two years, and like let's say it's in like Chicago, and they're from Texas. They fly up, you drive over, and you're like, ah. and, the, the and your friends, and the word like, travel, and they're like, real friends. Yeah, right? yeah. You could never meet them before, and you finally get to see almost them. all my friends are on social media. Yeah, but it's then amazing. when you meet them, it's like, oh, hey, like you feel like you already like have been, yeah, like yeah, you feel like the friendship been has friends. been there. Yeah, right. exactly. Because that energy of a passion is that, like, yeah, like, so strong. Because like yeah. you had a pen, like forty years ago, you had a pen pal, and you finally meet. Like you feel <laughs> like you know each other. <laughs> yeah. Because like I think almost people are more authentic when they message because mm-hmm. they're not afraid of blowback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Holly's telling me to hurry the fuck up. <laughs> Wrap this shit up. It's getting I appreciate long. You getting pounded by these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate pounding you so nice. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to look at Shane's eyes this entire time. Almost. He looked at Holly's lips a little bit. A little bit. A little lip action. Those lips. Admiring Stem lips. Those lips. Side note. The whole entire reason Brian's even on this is uh, relentless repetition. This son of a bitch three years ago was like, hey, you should start. Three years ago, I was really awesome and wise and had a lot to say. But he used to always hound me. Him and Holly. Horn, but, uh, yeah, well, now I'm not. It was more like an insult. Like, now I'm just fucking dull and boring. Yeah, now you're like a pencil. Yeah. But. A dull pencil. Anyway, but I told him three years ago that he would, be on my, he would be on my podcast as a guest. And now, thanks to Holly, I have one. And here he is. Yeah, I, ma- I manifested. I said, I, said I, I cannot wait to be on your podcast. Manifested or manipulated? 
manifested <laughs> and use the proper words right. yeah, that I cannot right. wait to be. Yeah, and we actually and we talked about it. I didn't. Yeah, I can't wait it. to be behind podcasts. And, and he was like, he encouraged me and was like, we talked about podcast idea names. Mm. Now he created a genuine relationship, and that way, when my product finally emerged, now he's a part of it. Boom, shakalaka laka. All right, we're out. Take Bye, guys. Right, guys. See ya. Never. <laughs> oh guys okay so if there anyone is out there that likes cars and has money to drop he or will, just even likes he will cars make social media on private after today he will and it's mm-hmm. bpray217 no. <laughs> no it's bpray 9223 okay yeah. bpray 929223 Ooh, you two should create three. your business like some kind of like spin off of I can change my name. I can change my name. The cars you pray for. I can change oh, my name. I don't know. Oh, oh cars you pray for. Let's, 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 oh, okay, guys. Right. We're out. We